JT doesn't like me talking about streaks, okay? But just to carry over, before I welcome him in, just to carry over the conversation, because Toby asked, y'all really listen to the crossover. I'm grateful for that. Uh, The 41 straight wins for the Sooners ties their longest streak in program history. That 2019 team that got beat by Wisconsin in the regional finals before eliminating them and moving on to the Supers also had won 41 straight. So there you go. There's the answer to the question. Let's welcome in the hitting coach for the Oklahoma Sooners, JT Gasso. Uh, congratulations, coach. That was uh, an exciting way to put an exclamation point on the season. How you feeling? Uh, we're feeling really good about it. little side note about that. Uh-huh. Uh, we brought our Billy Goat is Lauren Foster. She was on that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's a great. And, and trust me, I, I, you know what? Lauren's quiet. I like her. But she'll let you know about that, right? She'll be like, yeah, it's, uh, we're on that team. I think they I think they pulled like a squeeze bun on us or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. She had to play really well that weekend. And then they beat us the next year, too. And, That's and, uh, right. Nutter. That's so, right. Man. Yeah, she, she, she had our number for sure. How uh, – the, the balance this week. I, I was talking to Coach about it afterwards, JT. I, I know it, to a certain degree, is exciting once finals wrap up because – it becomes all about softball, um, but what what is that? As you've you know been around for a minute, how have you kind of adjusted the way that you approach this week in balancing finals and prep? Has it changed much? Uh yeah, a little bit because you kind of don't know who you're going to play, right? Uh, we're we're kind of waiting on that. We'll be waiting on that Baylor Iowa State game, so uh, it's just kind of going back through and seeing like like the roads that we've taken. Um, we did a, a really good job of going into games with certain things and then uh, getting the feedback afterwards of things that we got to do better or, or some things that we noticed here or there or some people. But um, it's a really good time now to kind of reevaluate or, or kind of re- to see where people are at, um, how their bodies are feeling. Um, so we'll be, we'll be doing some, uh, some evals just to kind of see where people are at right now. Okay, I can't, I've been asked so much. I'll ask you as the outfielders coach. Was Jada's drop on purpose for a double play? Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? She's going to have to say that. I'll okay. Let her say. I will say. I, know the answer, but I don't want to throw under the bus. So. <laughs> That's kind of what I was afraid of. It, it worked out perfectly, though. Now, with that said, I wanted to give you some kudos. And we'll get uh, we'll make sure Jada answers that at some point. I've never been asked about a play more in my life, JT. I mean, it's incredible the amount of people that uh, it shows you. By the way, sidebar on that, it shows you how highly people think of Jada Coleman. That if it was to happen to be a mistake, that even if it was made, JT, they're like, "Oh yeah, she did that on purpose. That was absolutely." I mean, that shows you how good people think she is. Um, but with that in mind, kudos to you, man. You've taken. A position and a lot of non-career um, outfielders, and you've made it a strength. Alina Torres made a couple of really big plays this weekend out in right field. I know Avery Hodge wants the one down the right field line back, but can you take us through that development process in right field and kind of how you've seen some players really grow into that role? Yeah. So first off, you gotta. I want to go back to Jada real okay. quick because she does a lot of just crazy things in practice. <laughs> where she's trying to deke people and, and we're just trying to like add new things to her 
outfield uh, tool bag, which you wouldn't even think existed, right, for anyone. Right. But, um, but no, what I, I think the, the one main thing that we try to do is just challenge people. Uh, and that's just not just in outfield, but uh, at any position. So, you know, we work on balls over their head. We work on balls uh, off the wall, uh, uh, like robbing and, and just going, make, letting people be athletic and going to make plays. So um, with Alina, there was a, a really big uh, transition in the, uh, in the fall. She was, you know, starting shortstop, left side of the infield, her whole career, and then just to step out there and then just go. It was like, well, hey, how do I do this? Like, just go do it. Like, mm-hmm. go make a play. Go catch the ball. So when we have really easy objectives like that, then we can kind of see what people do well, what they don't do well, and uh, then kind of work from there. But I think just by like saying, okay, everyone has to do this. There are some things like catching the ball on a certain side and uh, how to the footwork to get rid of the ball, but a lot of really good softball players can make those, um, can do it really well. So uh, you see like Riley Boone, for example, she has a little skip hop before she throws uh, sometimes where her footwork gets a little tangled up, but she makes up for it. She can recover. So I think with anyone, um, we challenge them and we just let them be athletic and just go make plays. There's no like one way to do it. And it's kind of worked out for us. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, what we got on outfielders. How, you know, Coach was on with us last week, and we were talking about it even in the pregame show, how many tools you have at your disposal, JT. You and I have talked about this a lot, from not just in preparing your hitters, but also in positioning and scouting reports. Um, how do you avoid, like, paralysis by analysis? How, how do you not – to, to put it in our draft terms, how do you not pro football focus this thing where it's like, oh, well, he stepped the wrong way on one route, so obviously he's terrible. I mean, what, what is yeah. that process like for you in, in kind of cutting through the data? So there's a really good interview interview that uh, – that, is it Cooper Cup, right? Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. That he has where he goes through a whole breakdown of what he saw on a certain route. and. Mm-hmm. He, he goes through the, you know, they, they were running a two deep fire zone. And I did this. And, like, it sounds like you don't even know what he's, like, he's speaking <laughs> a different thing. Uh, and then right after that, he, he says, uh, I just had to beat my man and know I had to do it, you know, this, this, and this. So to kind of avoid, to avoid that paralysis by analysis, I think at the end, you have to have something very easy that you can do. Like we always talk about with our players, actionable steps. So if I'm going to do, if I see this, this, and this, what am I going to do? So now that, and that's where, especially in in softball, um, maybe not even softball, I think baseball, just hitting instruction in general is we see launch angle and you see these numbers, this, 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 this. And then it's like, okay, that was 23, this is 20. And you're just always staring at a screen or you're staring at a number or you're staring at something. And it's just like, okay, get it better, get it better. And you don't even know what you're doing to get it better. So I think just adding that actionable step is what helps us, um, like really easy, simple, uh, simple to understand steps. And then all the other stuff is why you're doing that. So a lot of times we won't even – like really dive deep into it. Some people really want to know, like Grace Lyons wants, to, wants know. to know why. <laughs> um, but but with that, it's just it's just getting it, making it super easy, actionable steps that people can do. It's fun. It's fun to watch how much this team, and I think it's a carryover from 
You know, you, uh, you talk about passing the torch. I think you've seen it become a bigger and bigger deal, and that is how serious they take it. You know, maybe, JT, we can go all the way back to your first group, you know, in 16 and how that team was passionate about hitting and wanting to know more, and it just seems like it grows with every year. And, you know, Jocelyn, everyone sees the numbers. They don't realize uh, – Jocelyn Allo, it is. They don't realize how much she loved that part of hitting, right? She wanted to know. And to see Grace – it's it's got to be something amongst those players that becomes a little bit contagious, right? They see it work, and it's like, okay, I need to take it as serious as she did and pass that on to the next generation. No, for sure. And that's the one thing about Jocelyn Allo is she watched more film than anyone we've ever had, easily. Wow. She she would watch film all the time, watching oppos- opposing pitchers, watching um, just tendencies. And, and so we would talk about it, and, and we would – you know, sit down as a group and say, you know, this is what they're doing, blah, blah. And she'd already kind of already rehearsed it in her head. So by the time that we got to a game, she'd already had, uh, you know, in her mind, she'd already had like 100 reps off somebody before even seeing her. So um, a lot of that with the confidence for her was like the visualization, the just to be able to see it. She had to do that because we have some other things that kind of go into some like uh, instinctive learning stuff and you know, she needed that. So, um, yeah, it was – I think it was contagious. It made a lot of people around them better, and I think you just keep seeing that over and over. People going to the cage together. People are, are working hard, talking to each other, and just, you know, really trying to perfect their craft has, has really been a staple. Now, speaking of that, uh, two players who have really started to emerge. Let's start with Sid Sanders. Uh, I mean, JT, it's, it's like night and day watching her – at the plate right now. Where have you seen her biggest improvement? Yeah, well, and <laughs> this is the thing that people forget is she was our best <laughs> in the high during the battle series. Yeah. So it was like day, night, day. Like, you know, and that was one of the things with her was just really um, taking pressure off her. And maybe she felt it at the very beginning. Okay, I got to do it this way or I got to get a hit or I got to – you know, whatever the case is, I when when we started to see her take walks and start swinging at good pitches, it was like, oh, she's about, she's coming, she's coming, and she just went off. I think it was that Texas. Remember that double? Yeah. Texas. Yeah. And then from there, she just like was going off, off. It was awesome. So, um, yeah, and, and she's in a really good place. She's feeling really good, um, and she's just moving forward. So. Um, it's the Sid that we kind of all knew, and she has just made things real simple and is just, you know, doing her thing right now. So it's been fun to watch. And then to see Jocelyn Erickson have the weekend she's had at JT, that's that's a big boost too. Yeah, and it's, you know, kind of next man up mentality where, you know, Hanson got hurt and we had to shuffle around the lineup a little bit, and um, Jossie steps in and goes off, and Haley's behind the plate catching, doing her thing. So, um, you know, everyone was, was kind of on their game, especially Jossie. She's been really battling and, and having a, a really good freshman year, but also not just, you know, outcome-oriented. She's really learning a lot about the game. So it's been fun to see her progress, too. I had a question that was asked this morning before I let you go uh, on Twitter, and it was real simple. It said, ask JT what lessons he's taken from his days as a Little League umpire that have helped him oh. to be a better coach? 
my days as a little league umpire, parents are crazy. That's, what I, that's the number one thing I learned. I think my last day as an umpire, like, like you understand, like I was missing regional games. I was done with college, and uh, I would come back home for the summer. I'm like, hey, I gotta make, I gotta make some money right, right. here. I'm gonna go umpire, and I think that was '09. And during regionals, I had to toss. A, we were arguing. I couldn't believe it. It was like. Ten U, twelve U, like kid pitch. The you know the kids are throwing lollipops up there and just uh, and, and it's just about letting them compete. And the coaches and parents were going nuts. I couldn't believe it. So, but that, um, that's what I learned is I, I really got to see like the over competitive side of it in youth sports, and it's kind of been on my mind a lot lately. Is uh, how to make these things a better experience for especially young young kids. Yeah, I love it, man. Three games to one. How are we feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty good, especially. I thought they were done last night. Did you Did you get to watch I, it all? I I did. Um, now, I know it's it's kind of a good thing, bad thing, where you have history uh-huh. in Golden State. If, if they just think, oh, we're going to come back 3-1 because we've done it before. I know it's completely a different team. But we also know that they've done it before, too. So it's like, you know, two sides of a – of a coin right there, but I've the way that Anthony Davis is playing, mm. like he's when he's on, on, like on for two days in a row, they're not, they're not stopping. They're, they're really good. They're really good. They're really good. So, hey. hey, shout out Andrea Gasso. Happy Sh- birthday. What? I had you on Andrea's yes, birthday? Happy birthday. Let's, yeah, we, uh, that's awesome. I, for the next, for the rest of your show, just all Dr. Dre, um, oh. intros. Can okay. Do that? Yeah, we can do that. Josh can find the clean version. That'll work. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dre. Forgot about Dre. <laughs> I love it. All right. Hey, man, uh, I, enjoy the week. I'll see you on Friday. Best of luck in the preparation, and always appreciate your time, JT. Yeah, appreciate your plank. Thanks, man. See you, buddy. Happy Bye. birthday, Andrea Gasso. How cool is that? You want, to, uh, you want to know about maybe one of the top five most hyped I got was I was watching – uh, I was looking at old – no, no, I was watching a uh, – there was an old softball game on, and all of a sudden they're like, and here comes Andrea Harris. And I was, I was the meme with Leonardo DiCaprio, right, where he's sitting on his couch, and he's like, oh, oh, like, I know her. All right, thanks to JT for kicking the show off. So because uh, – I don't talk about it very much just because I'm a little bit – I'm not – superstitious but i'm a little stitious so i don't talk a lot about the winning streak um and i know some of you are still mad about like one loss but oklahoma's winning streak is at 41 the all-time record in the history of college softball is at 47 in a row and that was held by the arizona wildcats in 1996 through march of 97 so it wasn't even like the full, it wasn't the season, right? It was a carryover. Thank you. Oklahoma has now of the top four winning streaks in college foot uh, college softball history. Oklahoma has three of them, and they've all been <laughs> over the last four of them. I'm sorry, and they've all been over the last six years. So of the top five, Oklahoma has four of them. Yeah, insane, unreal, but. Toby was trying to figure out when the record breaker could happen. So this weekend, you need two wins to win the Big 12. 
let's just hypothetically say 42-43. You need three wins to win your regional. So that gets you one away from 45-46. You need two wins to win your super regional. So you tie it game one. Break it. Going to the World Series. Yeah. So I was right. I just it took me a while to get there. <laughs> I was heading down the right path. <laughs> just took me a second to get there. <laughs> oh man, so close to history. It's unbelievable. I was going back, and it's kind of funny. This weekend, good morning, Josh. Sorry, we just came out hot. JT said he had to move up in the lineup, and I was like, "You bet." Hey, we got to get coaching. I love talking to him. It was it was weird. I went back and after talking to JT, and I was looking at, I was looking back at nine, at twenty nineteen. I was thinking about some of the best comebacks that I had seen. I was looking back at, you know, did this weekend over. Um, over Oklahoma State, you know, the comeback on Saturday got me thinking about some of my all-time favorite comebacks. And it's kind of wild because I do think one of the greatest comebacks that Oklahoma had was in a game that they didn't win. So let's talk about it next. We got a lot to get to, man. We got a lot to get today. So those that don't know about Josh's side gig, he works at HawkeyesWire.com. Uh, HawkeyeWire.com. Hawkeyes Wire. Hawke- there is an S in there. It yeah. always corrects it for me and sends me. I think both send you there, actually. Anyway, oh, really? HawkeyesWire.com. And there is quite the kerfuffle going on up in Iowa right now involving Iowa and Iowa State. Gambling. And I don't really know if it's a – I don't know if it's something that should scare everyone or just realize that, hey, there's, there's rules in place to where there's uh, checkpoints in place that even if you think – that you're going to get away with it. You're not when it comes to gambling as a college athlete. So we'll get to that. Um, I talked to the guy that broke the Andrew Luck story. Oh, yesterday. really? So I want to share a little bit of that. Okay, cool. And let's see, what else do we have? Oh, we got NBA. NBA from last Lakers. night. Lakers. That's who we were. JT's a Lakers fan like I am. They're up 3-1. to one, So impressive performance from the Lakers last night. The, Lonnie is the GOAT. Lonnie Walker, man. I Lonnie Walker the fourth. <laughs> that was... Yeah, we'll get to it, but that was an incredible fourth quarter. But uh, I want to talk about one of my favorite comebacks. Slow start to the text line, but let's get rolling. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. It's the Plank Show right here on The Wrap. I've often said in life, find you somebody that loves you as much as ESPN loves Mike Greenberg. But I think he just said the stupidest thing I've ever heard in the history of sports media. I'm gonna play it for you in a second. I'm I real can't big. Wait. I'm real big on teases. Like no problem. I mean, listen, we all at one point would listen to Mike and Mike, but then they ESPN got together and said, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's put Mike Greenberg on everything, 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 everything." <laughs> that Mike Greenberg's so talented. We need more of him. I just, I, I again, like I said, I. I'm cutting off my nose to spite my face here because I'm done with pregame shows. It's literally like, what time does the game tip off, kick off, face off? Yeah, that's when I'll turn on. And I know, we do a lot of pregame shows, and a lot of y'all eat that up. I've reached that age where I'm like, just show me the game. Tip the thing off. Let's go. Last night, it's how I felt the Lakers. It's like, tip the game off. And then I fell asleep in the third quarter and woke up to Lonnie Walker the fourth quarter. 405 gets the best tweet of the day already. Y'all should just retire. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play it at the end of this segment. You had, it had been asked a lot about the comebacks for Oklahoma that they've had over the last, you know, 
ever. And UCLA. I, yes, ding, ding, ding. The 2019 Women's College World Series. They got smoked 16 to three the night before, and it's kind of wild. I, there's certain things that you forget in life because you know there's so much going on. I'll never forget my pregame interview with uh, with Coach, and that that Saturday. Or whatever day it was. I guess it would have been a Tuesday, right? I believe it was a Tuesday, Phil. Um, but we were – there was no doubt that they were going to win. I mean, it was like, we're going to go out there, we're going to compete. We got beat 16-3, to and, and this team is ready to go get it. And it was as juiced as I've been for a game, and UCLA's got them. You know, it's over. And then Shea Knight hits that home run to tight in the seventh inning out of nowhere. It was unbelievable. And, again, part of it, even though they ended up losing it in the bottom of the seventh, Josh, part of it is the way that the game went before that. So that's one of my all-time favorites. And a team, by the way, that, like we said, had a 41-game winning streak uh, into the, the regional finals. Have you seen any bracketology, by the way? Uh, I can look I, for one yeah, for you. I can't uh, – I can't believe I didn't find I, – I was looking for it earlier in the program, but I couldn't – I couldn't find it anywhere. So do you want to do you want to hear this real quick before we? Yeah, let, let's uh, let me pot it up. Let's hear it. All right. So hold on, I got. I guess I'm sitting here making all these promises of things I can't deliver. Right Everybody now. get organized. Everybody get organized. We start the show with JT. Nothing's plugged in. Nothing works. Oh, hold on, hold on, Greeny. Listen, you don't get to be on every single show on TV without us having to make fun of this. So if you miss the NBA playoffs or you're out. Some of you might be. The Lakers and Heat both took a three games to one lead in their best of seven series. That they did. Now, remind me, basketball and indoor sport, correct? <laughs> yeah. All right. Particularly from Jalen, was how hard it is to go down to Miami and play this time of year. And I know people will immediately associate that with the nightlife and all that. But according to Jalen, there's more than that. There's also just the reality of the temperature change, the heat, the geography, being down there for three days, it sort of saps a little bit of your energy and your strength. We talk about that primarily in football. I know this is an indoor sport, but I mean, the Knicks, whatever it is, Jimmy Butler is just as. So the weather, it's a, it's a combo take there. It's Jalen Rose, Mike Greenberg. I need an, uh, there are more former athletes that check in on this show than you could imagine. High level athletes. I've never once heard a basketball player in my life equate anything that happens inside a basketball arena to the weather or the climate outside of said basketball arena. They better not if they're a professional. I mean, what what are we even doing right now? I, I understand excuse making when you're a homer. I really do. But I remember hearing that Jalen Rose take, and Jalen's obviously a great athlete. There wasn't a part of me that goes, hmm, there must be something to this. I simply said, that's got to be one of the most ridiculous takes I think I've ever heard in my life. You know, and everyone always tries to make it seem very well thought out. You know, doctors, no, I, I, I still, I could be proven wrong, Josh, but I have yet to hear one person ever, and I do mean ever, say that the weather affects a basketball game, and more specifically, said fitness conditioning inside the arena. 
Oh, you found one. I've got a couple, I believe, for you. Okay. Um, 9.32. Let's get a break. We're going to get a couple of, well, let's get wrong. Air Comfort Solution text line 405-651-3439. Coming up at 10 a.m., we're going to go all in on the story out of Iowa and Iowa State because, remember, Iowa's a state where gambling is legal. And there is quite the issue that's currently taking place involving both athletic departments and their student-athletes being involved in wagering. Now, I'm very greedy because I look at that and I think, huh, what does that mean as we see a fight to bring sports gambling to Oklahoma, as you see it, you know, right across the border in Kansas and Iowa, as you see it, I think it's legal in Illinois now, in Missouri. I mean, is it, and I'm just looking at regions and places kind of close, but are we, should it be concerning or do you stop and say, hey, it's showing you that they're going to catch you. So we'll we'll learn about that coming up at 10 a.m. right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. There you go. There's Dre, Joe from Guthrie, in honor of Dre Agasso's birthday. My um, heart is about to fall out of my chest. I'm so scared playing this song. Yeah, yeah, break it down quick. Break it down quick. We break did it. it. We did it. <laughs> we made it. Um, we haven't talked about Bob Huggins Oh, yet. My, oh, my gosh. Dude, what is going on? It's like crazy town. Okay, so so two things. Well, three things. Fired, so fired, right? Yeah, he's done. Um, I mean, if I, I hate to even say this, but if you were winning big, maybe. That's exactly what I was saying. There was a conversation at the end of last year, and Ren Baker had just taken the – West Virginia athletic director's job. And by the way, Ren's, Ren's inheriting a couple of guys that, you know, are kind of on the hot seat. Neil Brown, he's got to win. I Bob Huggins had to win because they, they're not making the NCAA tournament, right? Well, let me rephrase that. They're not winning in the NCAA tournament consistently. And that's the expectation, and he's part of setting it. I mean, Huggins even said at the end of last year, you know, it, I don't want him to bring some young guy in here and screw it all up, which I thought was kind of funny when asked if he was coming back. But they're not winning at a level that they become accustomed to. So, one, fired so fired. Yeah. Right? It, it actually makes a, you know, I don't want to say a clean break, but it's sort of if you were – in the West Virginia Athletic Department, and you mm-hmm. were looking for a way, like, how are we going to move on from this? That's well, here you go. Or as Bunky Perkins put it, the Bob Huggins fired for a slur prop actually had pretty low odds. So, um, number two, again, I think there's certain people that when they talk, they always kind of sound a little hammered. I feel like I'm guilty of that sometimes. It's like, Boy, what's wrong there? It's like, no, nah, he's just a crazy person. It's okay. Heather Dinich kind of has that, you know, when we interview her to right. where she's got a little lisp. Uh, Bo Jackson, who stutters, right? Bo would always have the uh, people like, what's wrong with him? And Jim Rome would always say, he's he stutters. He's fought it his whole life, right? And immediately people will say, oh, you're drunk? But so Huggins to me sounded blasted whenever he did the interview. But again, if you go back and listen, Kind of how he always sounds. Yeah. Right? Like when 
you know, I, I, the family guy, when he took a, a picture looking crazy in his driver's license, he's like, so that way I always look how I feel. You know, talking about always being drunk, Peter Griffin. But I, he, he, he sounded inebriated, number two. And then third, and this is really a, a, a side, he's probably getting fired, but how does that get by the delay? How does a board op not hear that and just start pounding the delay? Unless they did, right? So here's what I don't know. I mean, was anyone listening to WLW yesterday when this went down? Did it actually go over the air? Did it actually go over the air and then someone recorded it and sent it to awful announcing? Or, you know, my understanding is when we hit the delay, it also, if I are, you know, we got to watch Toby. But if any of us drop a bomb, does it get the delay on the stream too? Right? Is it only terrestrial that we worry about because internet radio is still kind of the wild, wild west? The FCC doesn't really control anything there. So is a profanity delay only for terrestrial? I don't know. I have to ask TJ. Drake would probably know. I, I think the right, answer listen, is yes, let's if drop, I remember right. Let's drop a bomb here. You hit the delay and see if it also works on the app and streaming. All right, you ready? That Bob Huggins. <laughs> so, you know, Ren Baker's an Oklahoma guy. And he was, he was supposed to have a couple of media interviews. He was doing a few rounds and... He had to reschedule them because, I mean, all anyone would want to ask about is this, and apparently he's going to meet with Gordon G this uh, this afternoon. But I, I don't know. I I can't imagine that Bob Huggins is going to be the head coach of West Virginia. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Or or at the very least, it's sort of like, yeah, this is your final year. By the way, on a side note, I know this is going to sound terrible, terrible. But every single one of you people in comments on these stories have put a picture of Tom Brenneman or ask if Nick Castellanos is coming up to bat. I know. It's- I, I, it's, I'm not laughing, but I'm dying inside not to laugh. It's like, <laughs> well, the guy thanks for having me on, and there's a fly ball deep to left field. You know, <laughs> Stop. What's wrong with you people? You're bringing out the worst in me. This yeah, is this a you problem. The, this might be the final time I put on this headset as there's a drive, there's drive deep, deep left, left field. field. Dude, and what is it about Kansas City? I mean, our uh, our our dude uh, Kuiper from the the Athletics. I mean, my God. <laughs> oh, mm. I, I don't know how that happens. The A suspended him. He's uh, he's probably gone. Yeah, I don't know how he's coming back. I mean, they found like two other, and they they found so why, many other times why would that, that be the way it's pronounced right, by you what that seems to be the way that he has pronounced it and you're like bro what are you doing so anyway two we'll get more on on bob huggins a little bit later on in the show and negro leagues museum by the way and you said incredible right it is it is an incredible place touching obviously and the the history just oozes out of uh, that museum. So if you're ever in Kansas City, I know you hear about it and you probably have watched a sporting event where, you know, they've advertised the uh, the Negro Leagues Museum, but you should go if you're there. By the way, I have heard from both JT and Andre Gasso. Uh, forgot about Dre brought the house down. So well done, Josh. Good. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Okay, so at, before we get a break and, and hit a few of your texts, you found a few bracketologists for college softball. I correct? did. I found is this at least one here. College sports, Matt. No, 
No. Are you serious what they have projected coming to Oklahoma? Here's the four they have coming to OU. This is college sports madness. They've actually um, they've done a pretty decent job in the past. Hayden King, by the way, put this together. Oklahoma as the one. Oakland as the four. South Dakota State as the three. And Utah as the two. Utah as the two. And if there is one, by the way, that would make absolutely positively zero geographic sense whenever you're thinking about it to send South Dakota State here. But as we've learned, that doesn't really seem to be a factor, right? Especially not for South Dakota State. Ah, screw it. Send them wherever. Oakland, Michigan. I mean, come on. What are we doing? Scroll down here a little bit because I haven't seen this one yet. Who do they have? They have the 16. Uh, I told you. I told you this. They have the 16 regional being in Louisiana. But Louisiana also has Oregon in its regional as a two. The the NCAA tournament so badly wants a Patty Gasso-Missy Lombardi matchup. So if they have OU as the one and Tennessee as the three, I assume they have UCLA as the two. They do, yes. Okay. Uh, let's look here. They're right here. So UCLA's regional. Oh. Cal State, Fullerton, San Diego State, and Loyola Marymount. Mm-hmm. All right. Did they, uh, Texas as the 15, so they would host a regional, but they would have to go to UCLA. Arkansas is the 13? Mm. And the 12. <laughs> well, yeah. I think we might have to talk to my man about his projections. We, he might, our, we need to help him you know, out. He needs uh... – I think he means Alabama for one of them, right? He's got to mean. I think that's what he means. Oh, they still have Oklahoma State as a top five. With Wichita State. Gosh, that'd be great. Well, not only do they have them with Wichita State, but they also have them with Nebraska. I think essentially that's what the same regional looked like from last year. I'm not even kidding. Oh, they got Alabama as a nine? They do not have Baylor hosting. I would say, has Eric Lopez dropped his bracketology left? Where, where do I need to go to find it? I, you know what? Usually, I just Google college softball bracketology and it pops up. <laughs> but and so, who is this? This is Brian Clinton. Brian's pretty good. He's out of Heartland Sports. All right, we're doing this live on the air. The uh, see, this is much more. That's good that's job. more like it. When did he drop this? By the way, just to make sure. Yesterday, I believe. Oh, well done, Brian. Here's the four that he has coming to Oklahoma in the Norman Regional. He's got Oklahoma. California is the two, Missouri is the three, and Robert Morris is the four. How many committee members do you think, like, look at Brian Clinton's story and they're like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is interesting. He has Baylor as the 16 hosting their own regional. But, man, is he underseeding Georgia. He's got Georgia as the 15th seed hosting its own regional but then crossing with the two UCLA. Clemson has the 14. Oh, okay. Uh, you got Arkansas hosting its own regional. Not Tennessee all the way down at the five. He's putting too much into the uh, RPI, or maybe not enough. Oklahoma State would be the seventh seed and still host its own um, super regional, but they've got Wichita State there. I think Wichita State might win that regional. Crossing with Washington. Okay. Duke? Duke hosting its own regional just outside of the top eight. Versus Northwestern. 
They got Northwest. So your top eight here, let's just scroll back real quick. Eight, um, you, Oklahoma won according to this sorry, projection. Sorry, I'll, I'll I usually just pull it up, but I've got my stupid Mac today. Okay, here you go. Is Oklahoma won, UCLA uh, two. They'd have the LA Regional, uh, Florida State three in the Tallahassee Regional, Stanford four in Palo Alto, Knoxville, Tennessee five with Baton Rouge, LSU six, Oklahoma State seven and the Northwestern would round out the top eight. If that were the top eight come Sunday night, oh, Josh Elman, there would be some angry Duke Blue Devil fans, Duke Clemson Tiger fans out there. They think they're in a spot to be a top eight. Well, you know, when, when you're when you're tournament, you probably will be. Right. All right, um, so there's a little bracketology, a little Bob Huggins. Your text coming up next right here on The Ref. All right, uh, let's hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize this Knippelmeyer Chevrolet right there in Blanchard, right on my way to Stewart Dairy Farm. Take Highway Nine, grab that Blanchard exit. As soon as you hit that stoplight, hang a left. Depending on which way you're going, if you're coming from Norman, you'll take left. Heading to Norman, you'll take a right. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet, Knippelmeyer. Com. All right, 405-651-3439. I, I cannot wait to hear what you've learned about this Iowa story. I am, I'm digging into it as, as we speak. I, I am, I'm absolutely just. The fact that it's both Iowa and Iowa State is kind of fascinating. You, you know what, and it's funny that you say that because it didn't, it didn't click. It didn't click. Gambling's legal there. So, of course, they might have a few more issues. Right. Uh, the 580 writes, oh, you should get the 132, 33, and 64. Um, I, is that what we're talking about, like, seeding-wise? Here's the thing. I don't – on the selection side of things, maybe we'll get Eric Lopez on. I don't think college softball looks at it like that. No, I think they look at it like, let's give Oklahoma the best two, three, and four seed. I, I, I'm not even kidding. I feel like that's... <laughs> How can we challenge them the most? <laughs> um, Gunny asks a great question. Does it ever make you nervous, Plank, saying names like Sandercock or Acock? No, it doesn't. It just doesn't. Now, I will say, when we played Weber State, I spent a lot of time waiting to get canceled. Do you know why? I we talked about this I, on the air. Yeah, no, I it, I don't remember whose name it was. Weber State has the Ho Sisters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was every. I mean, it's like line drive over Ho's head, and you're like, well, I mean, and then you're just shook. Yeah, and you're just shook. That's tough because that's the second baseman's name, and we had played him enough to where. You know, I was I was in a good rhythm, and I knew their players. And like, you just go into fight or flight. So Sandercock and Acock are funny, Gunny for Teddy and Tyler and Bob from Cement, but it's just that's their name. And I mean, my ex my ex wife's name now is Adcock, so I think I'm I'm kind of like used to it. Where yeah, it was never like really funny immune. to me, right? And it never really registered to me. Uh, <laughs> Plank going. Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, I mean, ever, didn't you know you have to put all that more power in your shot because of the heat outside? Oh, wait. Yeah, let's see the Mike Greenberg take that. It's it's too hot in Miami, and it's sapping the energy. 
of the Miami Heat. Not yeah, completely. It's, it's it's definitely exhausting uh, taking those chartered flights. Yeah. And oh my God! We incredible never... bus rides <laughs> to the arena. <laughs> sorry, Mike. Sorry, Adam. My gosh, I've never. I've flown. Um, Every way possible. And it still sucks, right? It's still, it's like, uh, even, but the way that the NBA flies, come on, man, let's stop. Oh, they're so tired. But I really botched that text message because he was giving me credit because I dropped the, and I mean, ever. That is too prong. Yes, Chris Jericho, one of my favorite wrestlers. But there was also a caller in the Jim Rome show named Jeff from Richmond, and for some reason I thought it was hilarious every time he would do it. He was, uh, he was to, to Romy what, say, Mr. Sports is for I. <laughs> Sean writes, the heat in Miami? That's worse than roster turnover as an excuse. I will admit. It is probably just the heat in Miami that's, that's better than them. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> Good question, too, on the Miami thing. Shark writes, but are they playing at pl- a pro player stadium tonight? It could make a difference. <laughs> yeah, get them outside, and then it's a major difference. When you have homers in the media, and it's fine. I'm not complaining, and their team loses. When they come up with weather as an issue. For an indoor event. For an indoor event, that's when you're like, okay, bro, stop. All right, uh, the Iowa story next.